What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Around the NBA, a podcast where I give my thoughts on the latest news, transactions, teams, and players across the league. For this week's episode, I have a very special guest joining me today. He's one of my best friends, and I consider him more of a brother, to be honest. I would say he's definitely credible and knowledgeable in the game of basketball because, well, I taught him everything he knows. <laughs> Do you guys remember my very first my very first episode when I introduced myself and I said, I teach basketball on the court? Well, he's one of those set of people I was mentioning. <laughs> hey, man, I told you I was going to take it easy on you. I'm just messing with you, man. All right. <laughs> but <clears throat> again, thanks for joining Chris and uh, willing to drop some knowledge on everyone today. Uh, I would say you definitely know the game and we have had some very good conversations in the past about basketball. So hopefully we can repeat that magic here on the show. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, listen, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm honored to be your first guest. Uh, I personally think it should be no other way. And uh, for the listeners out there, just yes, he is a bit of a, a teacher of mine, but just just let it be known. The student has, in fact, passed the teacher. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. <laughs> that was a good comeback. That was a good comeback. All right. So now since everyone hears from me on a weekly basis, I was going to kind of give you the floor for this episode. Okay. No, no pressure, though. Um, you won't do like all the talking. Don't worry. But I just want you to have plenty of time to give your insight on some questions I have for you. So are you ready? Let's get right into it. Okay. <clears throat> all right. So the first topic or question I wanted to discuss is... Seeing how we are in the middle of the All-Star break, which means we're about the halfway point of the season, I wanted to get your take on this question. My question to you is, at this point of the season, who is your championship favorite and why? Um, the beginning of the season, it wasn't this team. It was the Lakers. And uh, I know that's how you feel currently. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, I think I've sort of changed my mind and I've gone with the Brooklyn Nets. Okay. The Brooklyn Nets are, you know, we have to start at the beginning here. They're because they're an interesting team. Um, from the very beginning, when it was just Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, from then they were already one of the Eastern favorites. They were already posed to, to pose a threat to Milwaukee, to Philly, and to Miami. And uh, you know what? There were some people who already had them going out of the East, which I think makes sense. You know, that Kevin Durant and Kyrie have more than enough firepower and leadership together to make it happen. When, when, uh, however, James Harden joins, he, uh, I think the whole, the whole aspect changes, and I think it's also important to note. It was kind of shocking to me when he signed or when they traded him successfully. Um, how no one was the the basketball world, the ESPN world, really was no, it wasn't buzzing the way you say when Kevin Durant went to Golden State Warriors. It was shocking to me that there wasn't this, this just in, and it almost seems like. It almost seems like the expectations for this team isn't quite the same as any other super team that has been around. And I don't think that's fair, considering that the big three that they have, each and every one of them is either a championship holder, an MVP winner, or both. Okay. So this team has, to me, it should be championship or bust. And I, I almost feel like, you know, even the even the, the better uh, analysts of the world, they sort of give them a, a a pass, I feel, and I'm not. I'm not one of those people to give them a pass. I think they have sure. to win a championship, and they have more than enough. Um, 
the fire power they have, I mean, is it really need to do we really need to speak on it? Um, Kev, they've all been scoring in high 20s. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, they've all done at least 27 points each. And so they, they're all just on the roll. Um, For sure. One of the problems I see, however, is uh, they really haven't played too much together, as in like all three. One of them okay. has always been out of the game, you know, at a time, whether it's, you know, it's Kevin Durant and Kyrie together with no James Harden, or whether it's, uh, you know, Kyrie and James Harden together, no Kevin Durant. There's always the seems sure. to have been like a healthy mix of two, but never all three together. And personally, I think that's when some problems can arise because okay. the problem with this team has always been too much, uh, too much ball handlers, right? Everyone needs the rock to survive. Absolutely. My right. criticism for that team, however, is, has been more from James Harden and Kyrie Irving because they seem to have better. It's better to say that Kevin Durant has matured and we've seen it in the Golden State Warriors. We've seen that he can defer, meaning he doesn't ne- necessarily need the ball in his hands. But when the ball is in his hands, he'll deliver. So right. he's sort of a proven concept. So he was never a, a fear for me. The ones that were sort of uh, I was a little bit skeptic about working together was Kyrie and James Harden, but they're actually doing really well together. I mean, they right. won, yeah, they are. they're they're playing amazing. I mean, right now they have the Nets half a game behind the 76ers, as well as the Sixers have been playing. They're right on their necks. So it's going to be interesting once they add a, a selfless guy like Kevin Durant. I don't think it's going to be that same problem of, oh, you know, only one ball to go around. I think they've sort of have proven, even if not all three have been together, that this team can per- perform at high levels, regardless of these ball-heavy, uh, you know, players. For sure, the Lakers. I, you know, we have to give them their due respect. They're the team to beat. Um, I suspect Anthony Davis to come back healthy, ready to go, just like Kevin Durant. Um, yeah, I just think once they meet in the finals, because that is my prediction, they will meet in the finals. Okay, they'll have they'll have some matchup issues. I love Anthony Davis, huge fan. For sure. I just think, you know, because they play Kevin Durant at the forward. And so once they face each other, I think he's going to blow by him many scenarios. As many, as good as Anthony Davis is, I just think it's going to be hard to stay with him perimeter-wise. And yet yeah. you can argue. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, listen, you can you can argue, well, you, listen, uh, Anthony Davis will have his way in the post. And that's true. I just personally, in the game we're in today, I'd rather have the advantage on the perimeter. And I think that's actually going to be a key matchup for them. And I think for sure. Kevin Durant takes it because as good as Anthony Davis is, I think we all agree that um, Kevin Durant is just a little bit better. Okay. So personally, okay. all in all, I'd say the Nets and uh, it okay. should be an interesting matchup. If you're going to ask me how many games, I say seven. But uh, my, okay. pick, my okay. pick is the Nets. Okay. So you kind of answered already. Well, like one of the one of like a follow up question I had was like, who do you? I know you're going with the Nets, obviously, in the East. And you just mentioned you had the Lakers out in West. So that was, like, another question I had. Like, do you still have the Lakers coming out the West? Right. And you kind of answered that already. So I guess my next question is, do you see anybody out West giving them a, a battle, say the Clippers or the Jazz? You, you know. So, unfortunately, I, I don't. Um, and I, I hate, like, you know, you almost sound as a hater sort of thing, and it's never it's never being a hater because I, I love Donovan Mitchell, and you know how I feel about Kawhi Leonard. I'm a huge fan, um, for sure. It's just that they don't they don't seem to give me that confidence. Well, the Clippers. Let's start with the Clippers. They don't give me they don't seem to give me that confidence postseason wise. And I I know it's only been a year, but what I saw was not convincing. And I, as a matter of fact, it was very dissuading. 
the, the, the lack of effort you see is just like, okay, this is not supposed to happen. It wasn't sort of like right. the Nuggets beat them. And again, credit to the Nuggets, but Kawhi and Paul George sort of beat themselves. Yeah, that shouldn't have happened. Yeah. You know? and, and so that's kind of what my doubt for the Clippers, as good as I think they are. For the okay. Jazz, I think it's the complete opposite. It's just they haven't had any real, like, this is, I think, the first year where people are truly taking them seriously. I know they've been postseason, yeah. you know, maybe, what, three, four seasons in a row now? It's just yeah. this time for the first time. Now they're actually competing for a top seed. Mm-hmm. And now for sure. it looks like, hey, we, we want to take the West. Um, right. So in that sense, there's still an unproven concept. You kind of just have to go with the one. It's not necessarily a safe choice because it's just the right choice because LeBron James and Anthony Davis have worked seamlessly together. They're both leaders. They're both, they both right. defer when they have to. And so, yeah, I, I personally, I see the Lakers as almost borderline inevitable. The Nets, yeah. I think they have a bit of a harder challenge because I think the Sixers can challenge them. I think the Bucks can and definitely the Celtics. Okay. So they have some teams who I think are going to compete with them to say, hey, we're the top dog in the East, not you. But out okay. west, out west, I think that's uh that's Lake Showtown. Okay, so I know, I know. I mean, I know you just mentioned the Celtics, and they've been. I mean, they've been kind of hot recently. I think they won like four, four or five games in a row before the All Star break. So I was like, yeah, I was gonna ask you like other. So I'm kind of surprised you mentioned them. So you see them? I mean, based off talent wise, you think they can give the Nets a run for their money? Unfortunately, I don't. It's uh, I, I don't know what it is about that team where like. They seem very streaky, and when they play great, they play really great. I think it's yeah. important to know they play. It almost looks like man, that's that's for sure the top team in the East, right? For sure. But then when they don't, and then it's it's almost tough to point out the problem. And even when like they and post uh, post game interviews when they ask they're asking Brad Stevens, hey, what's the problem? And he's genuinely telling you with stunned eyes, like I don't know what the problem is. We're like I don't know what our problem is. That's that's very dissuasive. You're right. That's crazy. Yeah, and you know, he was being honest. You know, he, yeah. he there's no way you're going to answer that, and and just pretend like you're that's in your favor. He just had no answer to that question, and so right. at times this team can really fall apart. And when it falls apart, it's sort of a train wreck. I mean, we've seen it. It's happened yeah. regular season wise. It's happened postseason wise. So it's also the same thing, sort of where it's just an unproven concept to me. Postseason, like I have yet to take them seriously, championship yeah. level. They're playoff contenders. I just don't see them quite yet being championship contenders, or at least not above the Nets. For sure, for sure. And I would like – so just kind of like uh, – just kind of going off of what you were saying, because I'll be, I'll be the first to admit, like I didn't see the Nets being this good this fast. You know, Absolutely. like Absolutely. My, my, my very first episode of, like, of, my, of this podcast was like right after the Nets traded for James Harden. And that's why I kind of want to start on because I'm like, that's big news to talk about. And then, like, if you go back, listen, to, I literally said, I'm like, they could work, but I was thinking more so like in a season. So like maybe next year, I didn't see them being like straight out the gates, how they've been playing this year. So I'd be the first to admit I was wrong about them. Like they've been playing great. And I think in my opinion, I think the X factor in the team is James Harden. And I was going to ask you, like, who do you like? I guess I'm trying to find a way to word this question is, well, yeah. Who do you think is the extractor on, on this team between the three? Who's the most important piece to winning? Cause I know you mentioned they could have won with Kyrie and Katie alone. So do you think now that they have James Harden, is he the X factor or is it still one of the other two in Kyrie and um, Katie? 
You know, that that is truly an amazing question because it's I don't think there's any wrong answer unless the answer is Harris. <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> he's he, you know what? He's a great he is one of the best fifth options in the league. But that's not what we're talking about. He's he's we're talking about, hey, who if you take this player out, does the team perform the same? And, you know, I, I don't like I, for those who watch first take um, Max Kellerman argued um DeAndre Jordan which I you know at first it wasn't very compelling but I think if you think about it more and more listen we they took out Kevin Durant out of this equation for a little bit because of his hamstring issues and they're they're okay. still balling out they're still doing an amazing job and I, kind of how I discussed earlier no matter who it's been like any of the pair of the two out of the three they seem to ball out anyways so it's almost okay. like they have a closer no matter who is in or who's out they have Selfless play, no matter who's in or who's out. But that interior rim defending, if if something happens to DeAndre Jordan, that's a problem for this team. Now, I, yeah. Now, um, it's important to note the addition of Blake Griffin, which I didn't mention earlier. I actually think that's pretty big. You know, that little reunion between uh, DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be nearly as explosive the way it used to be, but right. Blake Griffin's going to be an amazing bench player. I think this is the first time he's coming off the bench because there, there's no way they'll, they'll start him. They don't have the room. But no. he'll be coming off the bench, and I think that's going to be an amazing place for him. I think he'll play with you know slightly lesser talent, less athleticism, a little less experience when it sure. comes to those players. So that's going to benefit him. And if he goes down, he'll be a nice replacement. I actually, I actually think at this point he might as well play center. But – um, as good as he is, DeAndre Jordan is a key player for this team. He is a, a you know, without him, they lose size, they lose rebounding, they lose, you know, a, a big X factor. Because, again, they have shooting, they have distribution, they have people who can handle the rock, they have closers. But when DeAndre Jordan gets hurt, or if he gets hurt, um, this team does not have a lot of players to replenish that. Okay. That's, that's I was not expecting DeAndre Jordan, to be honest with you. Neither was uh, <laughs> but I mean, those are all valid points, man. Like, you're absolutely right. And it's like, I think if DeAndre Jordan's out there, he's probably for like, if it's a seven game series or, you know, in the finals against the Lakers, I was just assuming it was seven game series. Right. But yeah, seven game series. He's probably the one that's going to be with the responsibility of having to guard Anthony Davis. Oh, yeah. Would you agree? So he would have that other f- factor and that other role on that team. So he would be very, very important to them because that also alleviates like Kevin Durant from, cause I'm sure Kevin Durant will switch off on AD cause he can guard him cause he's got the size, Yeah, but it will like, it'll help him. So he doesn't have to use so much energy on defense and DeAndre Jordan was like, he, how you said, like, he's not the same player. Even like when he was like in his prime, he was never like this offensive powerhouse. He was mostly just playing. He played above the rim. So yeah. he was always focusing on defense. So, I think that's he's going to be very, very crucial come playoff time. And I didn't really think about that. So I was like ready to – I was ready to come at you. I'm like, DeAndre <laughs> Jordan, when you got these three guys. But you made some really good points, though. I can't, I can't, I can't argue that. that. That was a pretty good that – was, that was very well said. And, like, I was going to ask you about Blake Griffin so uh, because they acquired him, but you kind of touched up on that. So, yeah, I think that was a great addition for them, him coming off the bench. Um He's going to be coming off the bench now, so I think that's a great acquisition for them. Because like that—that's one of their knocks, or at least used to be, which is like, okay, now they they traded for Harden. What they gave up was an enormous amount of depth. 
And so I think an addition of Blake Griffin sort of just leaves that a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. And they, I mean, they did give up some decent pieces. Oh, they did. And, yeah, for sure. And Lever and Allen. But I think they did a pretty decent job of, uh, of filling in those gaps because, I mean, yeah, I mean, it didn't really make sense to have both DeAndre Jordan and Allen on the same team, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, they played the exact same role, right. you know, so it made sense to trade Allen because you can get more value out of him. So yeah. I thought that was a solid trade. Lavert was like the biggest question mark. Cause I'm like, that's a solid piece to give up. But I mean, if you're acquiring James Harden, I'm, I'm going to make that trade, you oh, know, and they're still playing. And everyone was talking about like Spencer Dinwiddie when he got hurt. I'm like Spencer Dinwiddie. And they seem to be playing fine without him. <laughs> yeah. I can't even imagine how well they probably would be without him. Absolutely. I mean, with him, excuse me, because they're playing without him. Right. I mean, my, my biggest question mark is I know a lot of people criticize their defense, but I think when they're scoring, when they got like just arsenal after arsenal, you know, they have all this artillery as defense that was another question I was going to have. Do you think is defense like as big of a, uh, a factor for them when they can literally score however many points they want? Um, when we're talking regular season, the answer is, I think, no. But when, as the season progresses and you get in, head into postseason, yeah, you're going to have to lock down some, there's going to be some possessions where the, it's not yours, it's theirs. And you're going to have to take, you know, uh, get a stop. For sure. For um, sure. That's kind of when I'm not scared for them. We know Kevin Durant, at this age, it's kind of like LeBron when his early 30s. He chose to, uh, you know, sort of turn down the volume on the defense, you know, just to right. sort of focus on the offense and preserve himself. Right. So, you know, Kevin Durant is in that state now. And so it doesn't mean he can defend. It's just he's sort of, you know, uh, taking uh, the, the foot off the pedal a bit when it comes to defense on the regular season. Same thing with Kyrie Irving, but we've seen Kyrie Irving play really good defense in key stretches of games when it's needed. So, these guys, and that actually includes James Harden. Um, his stats aren't too bad, again, when he applies himself. So I think this team, when they want it bad enough, when the game is on the line, you don't really have to worry too much about that. So That makes sense. Yeah, so it's just not – it's not something I worry about too much regular season. It doesn't look good sometimes when these guys, you know, they blow by a player that they otherwise shouldn't. But um, right. that won't happen postseason. They'll, they'll always put up a fight. Yeah. yeah. And I and I kind of agree with that because I feel like, I mean, we saw it with our with our beloved Bulls when Derrick Rose was there, like how good our defense was. But at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, your defense can be really good, but I mean, they would go cold stretches on offense, and that's what really hurt us because we couldn't buy a bucket at times. Oh, yeah. So I think it's I I think it it's so much better to be the reverse how the Nets have Absolutely. it, like where you can score. At, at will yep. and need to come up with a stop as opposed to being able to come up with a stop, but having struggling to, to get a bucket, you know? So I would much rather be in their position than what we were in. <laughs> oh yeah. Very well said. I mean, you can, you can choose when you want to turn on the defense. You can't really choose when they go hot on a, you know, scoring yeah, three or penetrating sure. the rim. For sure. So, yeah, I mean, my pick is still the Lakers. And kind of like how we discussed like last week and stuff when we were gone preparing for the the show, I was like, I I'm mostly just sticking with the Lakers because until they are beaten, then you know, they're still they're still the team to beat, you know. And 
unless right now it doesn't seem like Anthony Davis's injury is too serious. And until there's like for any further reports on like, I don't know, he aggravated again or it's a lot more serious than what it was originally diagnosed. Then my thought and opinions can start to change. But as of right now, I'm still sticking with the Lakers. However, I do realize the Nets are a huge threat. And, you know, the way they're playing right now, they they can be literally anybody. But, you know, that's kind of how I felt last year with the Clippers. And then we all know how that turned out. So, okay. so we'll have you, to see how they play in the playoffs. So for you, right, I, I know, that? I know, uh, uh, for instance, so you said the Lakers are going to, are going to, you know, you have them as a championship favorites, but who is your favorite to come out of the East? Out of the East, I would, I would, because I know, I know you have respect for for the Sixers, and rightfully yes. so. And I know you, I know you don't like too much about the Bucks, but you know, you can never really count on Giannis or the Celtics. So, like, that yeah. was a little bit more interesting. So, uh, I'd like to hear Hon- your take on it. Yeah, honestly, I actually have the Sixers coming out of the East, okay, because. Joel and man, Joel Embiid has been a monster, dude. Like I see, I saw a couple. I've only seen a couple of his games. One of them was against the Bulls. There was he. He's finally learned to play like bully basketball. Yeah, like there was there. We had no answer for him. Wendell Carter's a big whatsoever. guy, but he made him seem like you know move out of the way. Dude, you're, you're JV. He was yes. He was pushing him. He he was just and it was like effortless. You know, it was just. Putting up his body, two three dribbles, with his back against the the basket, made a little just an easy layup, just easy buckets. He dropped fifty on us because it was that easy on him oh, yeah. for him, man. Yeah. So it's like the way he's playing, um, their roster. Like Seth Curry has been playing phenomenal. Like he's on. I don't know if he's still shooting hundred percent from the line, but he's like on on the brink of being the first player to shoot fifty forty a hundred. Ridiculous. <laughs> Like that's insane. Uh, obviously, the biggest question mark for me is Ben Simmons offensively, but defensively, like he can guard any of those three guys uh, without 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 having any issues. Tobias Harris is a solid defender. He can also put up points if he needs to. Um, and my only other question mark is Doc Rivers because I mean Doc Rivers is a good coach, but I've all after last year. And I kind of just started having, you know, these thoughts. He's a little bit overrated, in my opinion. Slightly. You know, he – you can say what you want about the players and how they were performing in the playoffs. But at the end of the day, it's like the coach has some responsibility and the coach has some – like has to take some fault for that. You know what I mean? And he's had he's, – he's, he's blown 3-1 leads twice now or maybe more. I think it. I think it's twice. Might be even three times. But he's he's blown a three-one lead multiple times. This one that wasn't the first time. He blew one with the Clippers, like in the second round, a few years. Yeah, back. versus Houston. Yeah. So it's like, you know, he he's been playing great, and he has them playing great. But you know, again, we'll have to see come playoff time because the Sixers. You know, they also have the tendency to kind of struggle come playoffs. Yeah, they do, and I I, I have. All the respect for them because, like, uh, Joel Embiid, he, he's – I think he's been dogged on by a lot of people for whether it's his injuries sure. or because, he, you know, he's a good center, but you can't revolve around a center these days. You know, we, we've heard it all. And he's he's right. falling out, and he's got them in first place right now. And uh, 
just for me, it's just matchup wise, right? Like that's kind of what I'm I'm yeah. scared for them. Like they have someone like we were just discussing on the Nets. They have somebody who, even though I know Joel Embiid's better, DeAndre Jordan defensively, even if he's not in his prime anymore, is no joke. So having him for basically sure. on you at all times is going to make your life hard. So I we should expect if they play each other, which I we should see them play each other in the postseason for sure. Um, yeah, I think I think Joel Embiid's gonna feel that. I think he's gonna we're gonna see that. Uh, drop in the field per, uh, goal percentage um, for sure so I mean we'll see for sure so yeah I mean the way the seating stands they would be on path to meet, meeting up in the Eastern Conference yeah. Finals which would be a, a great Eastern Conference Finals and I, I mean I honestly the favorite would obviously be the Nets so I wouldn't be shocked if they won but I wouldn't be surprised if the Sixers pulled it off so I'm rooting for the Sixers just because I'm enjoying Joel Embiid play this year. Same. He's my MVP favorite as of right now, barring any injury. Yep. You know, he should he's should win. Um, so it should be a good series. And ultimately, I do have the Sixers winning uh, just because when it comes to playoff basketball, you know, it's different. And we'll see. I mean, they all have like Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie all have that experience. But It'll be a little different when it comes to when you have all three on the court come playoff time. You know, if who has that shot, like who who you're gonna give the ball to if you need a shot, you know, and say for whoever misses it, you know, that could be a little bit demoralizing. You know, that could, you know, it may not cause a big chemistry issue in the locker room, but you know, it could cause like a little a little riff, you know, like oh, they went with KD, he missed a shot. Oh, I could have made that shot. You know, at the end of the day. Little things like that can really deteriorate a team, for you sure. know, and it's not like going to be a big thing. They'll bounce back for next year if that were the case, if that were to happen. But at the same time, they could just roll through everybody, everybody in the East and not have an issue, you know, not break a sweat. But I just think I'm like pumping the brakes just because of what we saw last year. Like you mentioned with the Clippers and what happened to them. You know, I've kind of learned not to jump to conclusions so fast and wait till we until we actually see them come during that time you know during that uh playoff time so until then until i see him how they play i'm still going with the sixers just because i feel they have a little bit better system going you know i think doc has more experience in the playoffs they have a first year coach and steve nash you know i think that that might be a big factor that people maybe aren't considering right now i know he has like d'antoni and stuff in there but d'antoni you know he doesn't really have he hasn't won a ring as a coach you know so We'll see, you know. Yeah can can you imagine can you imagine having a team with so much firepower that honestly the, the your biggest enemy your biggest hurdle is yourself. It, it's truly <laughs> it truly is like can we play yeah. basketball? Absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah. So definitely a luxury to have. Definitely a luxury we don't have right now in <laughs> yeah. Chicago. So <laughs> we're gonna move on to our next question uh for this episode um so last week i had discussed where i believe uh tim duncan belongs among the all-time greats and where i'd place him in my top 10 and i don't know of anyone personal personally that's as big of a tim duncan fan as you so and i know you were like a big spurs fan you know during their like their most recent title runs against Miami and what have you, so I thought, who ha- who else to better ask than you? 
So my question to you is, where would you place Tim Duncan among the greats and why? This is such a tough one because it's on, you know, you're, you're with, when it comes to this question, you're always walking. A Don't do road. our boy Timmy wrong, dude. <laughs> dude, you're always walking a tightrope because you're, you're bound to disappoint somebody. You're, you're bound to disappoint somebody, no matter who you say. And I just think it's important to note these are all amazing players. We're splitting truly hairs among generational sure. talent here. So even if you're at the worst or at the very bottom of the list, um, you know, it, it's still major respect. So for me, I think it's important to note, I sort of divided this question of yours into three categories. I okay. divided a one. What is, what do I feel is his ceiling? Meaning what, what is the highest number you can give him without giving an injustice to a different player? Meaning like, okay, like now you're being an, an injustice to so-and-so. And, uh, you know, like, okay. so what's the highest okay. he should be before that happens? And also, what's the okay. lowest he could be before it's now an injustice to Timmy? And then where the third is where I, I actually have him. Okay. So, like, we'll start with his ceiling. Um, there are really only three players, I think, that exist that you can look at and say, okay, those guys unequivocally are above Tim Duncan. Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and LeBron James. Okay. Those three players are the only ones that I think you can tr just truly say, okay, th these guys shouldn't really be an argument. It should be consensus. And so, therefore, I think um, Tim Duncan's ceiling is fourth. Uh, is fourth. Okay. His, his floor. Um, I actually think – actually, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll do where I think he is. We'll, okay. we'll get there. Okay. Okay. So right now as, um, I have Bill Russell as number four, and here's where I think it gets controversial because um, for those who don't know, I mean, you and I have had um, discussion after discussion about where Bill Russell lies on, sure. on, in the whole thing because, yeah. we, as we know, he plays in an era where – it was it was very primordial. It was you know the rules are very different. It was very a lot. The pace was a lot slower. The possessions that you got per game was less. Right. So I see your argument where saying, well, you know, if you put him in a different era, will he do the same thing? For me, I have never been a <clears throat> a proponent of knocking somebody for the era they played in. For me, I can't knock Bill Russell for playing in the fifties and sixties and early seventies. If, you know, that's where he just happened to be warm, you know, yeah. all he can do is be Mr. Consistency and be the best player he can um, be the best player he can be. And um, that's exactly what he was. And in fact, he was basically Tim Duncan before Tim Duncan existed. You know, they're they're both very similar, even if not in game gaming style. The approach to the game is, you know, almost uh, it's uncanny. Okay. They're both. Fundamental players, right? Yeah. No flash. They're selfless, meaning the ball can go through them or through somebody else and they won't care. Though what they care about is the win. What they care about is hosting is hoisting the Larry O'Brien trophy at the end. Okay. And so I just think it's, you know, having Tim Duncan in this conversation, I think it's kind of unfair for people like you and like people who think like you to sort of um to sort of like leave Bill Russell out of the conversation 
when in fact that's the sort of the same reasons they'll leave Tim Duncan out. So it's almost like if you if you give respect to one, you kind of have to give respect to the other. Plus the whole, you know, we can't sort of deny this whole notion of him being a civil rights activist. Right. I mean, he was really one of those players who put from point A to point B in terms of fighting in racial injustices. You know, he, yeah. he went through some hard times as a player because yeah. this is pre-segregation. This is this is not an easy era he's playing in. And so he what he did was uh, both in and out of the basketball court. I think it's hard. It's hard for me to take him off. And so I refuse. OK, so um, I have him as number four. The, the, you know, he's the most winningest player ever. Okay. Let's go to the next guy, number five. I have – this is probably the hardest one. Like, you, you have no idea, man. The amount of times I've changed this list from, like, five and six, five and six. For sure. I, I basically have changed this list all the way leading up to us recording this podcast. <laughs> so, like, Tim Duncan and Magic Johnson. Okay. You know, those are the ones I, I was arguing. Who is going to be five? And I give the slight edge to Magic. Reason being, okay, so they both have five championships, right? We okay. both know that. So they cancel themselves and cancel themselves out in chips. MVP, Magic edges them out. He has okay. them by one, uh, by by one MVP. Right. Here's where I think Magic starts to slowly edge him out. Okay. One. Timmy played a long, amazing, consistent career. Mm-hmm. Whereas to Magic, <clears throat> because of what we know happened to him and his whole AIDS, you know, he contracted AIDS, was forced to cut his career shorts in 13, I think it was 13 seasons. Yeah. He played. Yeah. Yeah. It was and short. in those 13, yeah, it was, it was a very short, you know, lived um, span. But in that span, boy, did he, <laughs> did he flash? Boy, did he win? Boy, did he wow, right? And so we we can't really talk about basketball either, by the way, in the notion of like it's it's a, it's such a popularity contest. And who's more popular than Magic Johnson? And even even today, you know, he's he's very charismatic. You see, and he hasn't played in a while, but like he just seems to be friends with everybody. And I think that's a big deal. I think that's kind of why I think a lot of people look at him and what he did over Larry Bird, for instance. You know, he was sure. Larry Bird was very quiet, very Kawhi, you know, very stoic. He didn't really care about making friends. He just wanted to play basketball and live right. his life. For sure. There's nothing wrong with that. All I'm saying is when it comes to basketball, we can't pretend like someone being a phenom for the fans isn't a factor. It, in fact, is. And there's very few phenoms out there that are bigger than Magic Johnson. So the, the popularity aspect, as much as I don't really put too much cachet into it, I know the rest of the NBA world does. Okay. So that's kind of why I have him edging him out. But uh, okay. I would like to hear your reply to that um, after I'm done with the list, because I'm sure you have. Because I, I heard a, a negative. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it was not. A, it was not a positive thing when I when I announced Magic over Timmy. But we'll see why. Okay. So I have Timmy at six. That's where's mine. Okay. Below him, I have Kobe. I mean, that's basically a whole another argument as well, right? I mean, it's one of those things you you split hairs. Not for, for you, sure. I guess. But for <laughs> for the rest of the NBA world. <laughs> It is truly a, a coin toss. Yeah, but again, like I think a lot of people for the same reasons, same reasons I put um, Magic above him. I think people would put Kobe above him. Yeah, you know he he took the NBA by storm. It was him. He was the face of the NBA for a while, not Timmy. Even though they were both ruled the basketball era together, 
I think to say like who was who wins Mr. Popular, it's clearly Kobe Bryant. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. The reason I put Timmy now over him is because there have been steep drops of performance, team performance, not individual performances, but team performances that Kobe has played on or as the Tim Duncan seemed to basically be a contender from 2002 till when he retired. That span of having that dominance of like saying, hey, watch out for the Spurs for that long, for basically 17 years, is truly unprecedented to me. And that's why I have to put him in there because his consistency is what makes him great, what makes him special. And so even someone as good as Kobe really couldn't fare up against that. So that's right. kind of why I have Timmy above Kobe. For sure. Okay. Below him is Shaquille. Below him is Larry. And here comes the floor, number 10. I don't think I, – I wouldn't put a number 10, obviously. As, as you just heard, I have a number six. But everybody from Kobe, Shaq, Larry, and even Wilt, if you wanted to make the arguments, they have arguments available to you. Whereas to like, okay, here's why. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's kind of where I'm like, okay, I see it. I don't agree with it, but I'll give it to you. And in fact, Bleacher Report, um, I was looking up, you know, other people's top tens and, you know, other credibility and whatnot. Bleacher Report actually has them in, in number 10. And so even though I find it justifiable, somehow I still look at it in number 10. I'm like, ah, come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, again, I, I see it. I see why. But anything below that, you know, Oscar, Oscar Roberts and Hakeem, etc. Great players. But Tim Duncan, if you're objective and you're not about the flash, he has to be below before them. For sure. So that's basically my analy- like that's basically my take on Timmy. So okay. ceiling four, where I have him is number six, and floor is ten. Okay. So man. Okay. So my floor, if you want to look at it, how you're talking, my floor was five. Wow. Okay. That was my floor. And so does that mean, I would, I would like to ask you real quick. So does that mean, like, for example, someone like, you, you don't think someone can argue Shaquille O'Neal is before him? Yes. That, okay. So when I say think? that, no, absolutely. Okay. And... And and that was like the that's how the this conversation actually came about for me because it was on social media with someone on Twitter that they were saying Timmy to belong somewhere between fifteen and twenty. I'm like that is the most asinine thing, as Stephen A. Smith Stephen A. Smith would say. That's the most asinine thing I've ever heard in my life. Timmy is nowhere near fifteen to twenty. Like that is beyond disrespect. Yeah, that's a slap in the face. Okay, that is like you don't know basketball. Now, to your point of the floor being 10, I completely understand that. I, I get it, and I, and, I, and I see why. To me, this was, my, this was my point. And when you get one through five, right, typically you already have the best players at their current posi- at, at their respective position. So in no particular order, you have Jordan – LeBron, Kareem, right? And then there, I would say, Magic. So you have the best point guard of all time. You have the greatest shooting guard of all time. You would have 
the greatest small forward of all time, then you would have the greatest center of all time. I, my argument was, or my, my point is I can't. So for example, you, you have bill at four, which, okay, I understand. I don't have them that high, but I understand why you would. And everything you said about bill is totally respectable. And I get it. And it wasn't more so the fact that my reaction to magic being over Timmy wasn't the fact that you have magic over Timmy because I go back and forth between them two as well. It was just the fact that he was at six for me, to be honest. That's why I was like, oh, no. But I get it. But to me, this is what I was trying to say, is Tim Duncan, you and I both agree, is the greatest power forward of all time. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So by putting no matter what other position there are, right, if it's Shaq or what other player it is, whether it's Shaq, Kobe, Bill, all these guys are respectively either the second or third best player in their respective position, right? Because we would, I would agree Kareem is better at the center position than any of other centers, whether it's Bill, Shaq, Hakeem. Then you got Jordan over Kobe. And even at small forward, you would have LeBron over Larry Bird. And I'm just going off your list which is a great list. So to me, I can't put a player that's the second greatest in their position over the greatest player in his respective position. Does that make sense? No, it, it does. And I can see why people would like be like, that is A lot of people probably wouldn't agree with me on that because I'm, that's kind of knocking, for example, a Bill Russell because there was a player greater than him, as great as Bill Russell was, or as great as Shaq was, or as great as Kobe was, you know, to me, I can't put them over Timmy because he's the greatest power forward of all time. And Kobe would is the greatest, the second greatest shooting guard of all time. Shaq would be the second, third, even possibly fourth greatest center of all time, depending on who you're talking to. Bill Russell would be the same. Hakeem would be the same. Larry Bird could be arguably the third greatest small forward of all time behind Kevin Durant. I personally have him second, but some people might have Kevin Durant ahead of him. So to me, Tim Duncan, I have to have him on inside my top five because of that, because of the fact that he's the greatest power forward of all time. And I can't put somebody who's the second greatest at their position over someone who's the greatest at theirs. It, so that it, it's, and I, I see where you're coming from, but it, it just, it's hard simply because it's not like Timmy. It's not like Timmy historically will forever be a power forward. So, for instance, if he was born in this era, so for example, if if he was going to become a rookie, if he was reincarnated, right, and in, he was going to be a rookie in twenty twenty one NBA draft, he would basically be a center, for sure. So for it's not sure. like it's not like he's forever locked as a power forward. For no, for sure for all time. So then, like. I, I do I do pay homage to basketball being a little bit more positionless. And I, I see where you're coming from, but I don't put too much stock in positions quite as much anymore because it doesn't seem like any sure. players seem to put for sure. Um for sure stock into that as much and, anymore. So like Yeah. You know, there's also that to consider. For sure. And that's probably the biggest knock that I would probably get with anybody who listened or is listening to that. Like basketball now is because even LeBron James right now, 
even though he's technically their point guard, but I mean, he's got the body to play the power forward position in today's NBA or even center, to be honest, because today in today's NBA, like you said, it's positionless. It doesn't really, it doesn't really affect anything anymore. Like it's not that big of a deal as it once was to me. I was just, when I started watching basketball, when I got into basketball positions were always so important. Like everybody emphasized on position. So when Tim, when I remember watching Tim Duncan, he was there starting at that time, he was their power forward. And David Robinson was their center. And he was their power forward for a long time until after David Robinson left, then they kind of shipped him over to center. But even when he was, I mean, after David Robinson, he would still play. I mean, he would switch between the four and the five position, you know. But but today's NBA, like, you got, like, someone like Draymond Green who's playing power forward, which and back in the day, he'd probably be more of a like a small forward, you know, because of his size, like his height, you know. But he's so versatile defensively, they put him at the four and just offensively too, you know. So I get it, you know. And I mean, I guess like maybe Draymond isn't the greatest example, but to me, I would consider him as like a small forward just because of his size. But Charles Barkley played power forward and he was six six. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean you but, can do it, you can do it. It's just but I know I, for I sure. definitely hear you where you're saying from like when you first started out, and I think a good example of that is uh I remember like voting early, like when I when I started vote, voting for the All Star games for the first time. You know when when I first started watching, you have to yeah. be very specific about who you wanted for each position. Versus now, like if you wanted to vote for this All Star game, it's just literally like who are your two back court and who are your two front court. Like that's how they put it. Now. Yeah. So it's just like that's true. It, it just speaks to how you know they don't really care about hey we needed a center like you said, LeBron. If you want LeBron, could play the biggest guy if two guys happen to be smaller than him on the front court. Yeah. You know, you can Giannis is another player that can play like the center position. You know, you got these guys who are so versatile. Yeah. And so I completely understand that argument. You know, I I would like to think Timmy's like a four or five. Yeah, absolutely. And to me, I guess, you know, when back in my day, when like the five, the five was typically like a rim protector, you know, like maybe had, it was rare to see like a five that had some really good offensive skills, you know, that was versatile on both ends of the floor. So like Hakeem, you know, in his day was like nothing we've ever seen before or Kareem Abdul or uh, Shaq, you know, big men like in centers, you know, I remember them being like, it can be Matumbo. Like, they were big rim protectors. They weren't the greatest offensively. I mean, there were still some pretty good offensive players, centers like Patrick Ewing and stuff. But Tim Duncan, to me, like, I don't know. You know, I've just been in that mindset of, like, he's always a power forward to me. He's always a power forward to me. And I remember even Shaq won a couple years ago. He said he just considered Tim Duncan as a big, you know. He didn't really consider him. I think he said that, that he doesn't really consider him necessarily a power forward or four or five. He's just a big, you know, and that's and if you that's how you see players like them they're just bigs like i get that but at the same time it's like would you consider like would you add Giannis into that conversation of these bigs like among like the anthony davises and the nicole and the jokers of the world or the Embiid's of the world would you put them in that category or do you put them like in a different category so that's when it comes to like you know when you get to murky waters when certain players like that you know yeah absolutely and Giannis, I would personally put him as a, yeah, he's really, he's a, he's a big man, but like, he just happens to be 
a big man who is really, really fast and is really, really explosive <laughs> and he's able to pass. So it's almost it almost looks to you like, wait a minute, is he a small forward? Is he a point forward? Um, but realistically, yeah. he, to me, he's a big man who can just do a hell of a lot more than what a traditional big man could do. For sure. Yeah. And I think, yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing of today's NBA. It's like, I think just players are just so much more athletic and so much more versatile. Like you can put them on anywhere on the floor. Like Anthony Davis, technically, if he wanted to, like he's so he's pretty good at dribbling. He could technically be your point guard if you absolutely needed him to, you know, like we saw that a little bit with like Joakim Noah. I mean, I keep going back to our bulls, but like Joakim Noah wasn't like the best dribbler or, you know, the best offensive player, but he had really good court vision and he knew how to run the offense very well. So they would run the offense through someone like Joakim, which is like unheard of. But nowadays you see players like Draymond Green or Joel Embiid or Jokic who dribble up the who dribble the ball up the court at seven feet, six eleven, seven two. You know, Porzingis is another player that you typically didn't see back in the day, you know. Man, it's it's really crazy. This whole this whole basketball thing. I mean it's truly changed within the last 10 years. It, it, I don't think basketball has ever changed this fast in any other era, right? Where Absolutely not, man. no longer positions. Where now, like, people didn't want to – people didn't want you to take far threes, and now everyone's taking far threes. Um, <laughs> taking half-court it's shots. It's ridiculous. Like, the all-star game and, like, seeing Steph Curry and Dame go at it. I, Dude, that was insane. Can you imagine seeing that in the 90s? Like, they would have they been like, what are we looking at? This looks fake. <laughs> <laughs> but like we're looking at it with our very eyes, and it's because the NBA—it's going in amazing places, and it's—I'm excited to see where it's headed. Absolutely, absolutely. And before we wrap up, I there was—I mean, I know you—you—you you, you mentioned it, like you're splitting hairs, so it's gonna—and you said like you're gonna—you're gonna leave somebody out yeah. of it. You're gonna disrespect somebody's fan base and what have you. But there was one per- player. That I was surprised that actually wasn't in your okay. top ten, and I know you're a big fan of him as well. But you mentioned Uh-oh. him, and it sounds like he's like your number Uh-oh. eleven, Hakeem, the Dream Shake Olajuwon. What happened, man? Dude, you, you like I said, there's a lot of hairs. Like we're, we're it's not just one or two hairs. There's a whole scalp. <laughs> there's a whole scalp that we're splitting here, man. And yeah, he's probably my number. He's probably my number eleven, and. uh well, he's done some amazing things. It's just, it's just. So he didn't play like. You broke my heart right there, man. I'm like. So uh, for, first, I'd like to know what did you did he break your plane then? Was he number ten for you? Nine? How? I have him pretty oh, high. Oh, I'm man. gonna be honest. <laughs> I have him like. I mean, I actually have. Look, I know Shaq has more rings than him, right? But. You yourself has men- have mentioned this in the past. He shut down Shaq in the finals. Wait, was it not baby? Was it not baby? Like, though? it was baby Shaq. It was baby Shaq. But it was also one of his. He was still very. He was an f like his the lightest Shaq has ever been. You know, because once he got to the Lakers, he was a beast. You know, but he still owned Shaq. And Shaq was like nobody, you know, he was not a typical rookie. He wasn't just he was a typical not. player, you know. He's like he was he was already a man this, at that point. You their primes didn't coincide. 
that's basically as simple as that, right? For sure. Do you think? Because like I, I, I would like to see the amount of points they've scored on on each other. Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, during the matchup, um, Shaq scored 19 on him, which again he's young. Like, and you're scoring almost yeah. 20 points a game on on Hakeem. I would like to have seen what would have happened had he played him in 2001. Because as good as, good as Hakeem for is, sure. I don't think he's stopping him. Because like you can still look at you can no, still look sure. at back then. Like he still gave him problems. It wasn't like this is prime Hakeem against up and coming Shaq, and he's still like there are some plays where like oh he just he just bodied him there. So for sure. fast forward to 2001, I think Hakeem has some real problems facing him there. So like I think I think no absolutely. Hakeem, listen, there's no doubt who's more talented because Hakeem is a jack of all trades. He really is, but like. Yeah, he is. He is. A, he's a Shaq is a master of one, you know, and he's just I'm going to move you because I'm going to move you because I'm going to move you. And he's moved anybody in history, really. And so, like, I, I think he's capable of yeah. it. So, yeah, and that includes Hakeem. So my guy, even though he's got two championship rings, you listen, he won it in a hard era. But, but can we, can exactly. We here, that was the next. Point but can we sit here and pretend that he didn't? That he played the best team, he didn't because guess what? Michael Jordan decided to take some time off, and Patty decided to, do yeah. That. But at the same time, it's like you can't knock Why not you're not, that, we're like, not built for being he, born in the wrong era, <laughs> I guess. But you're now you're not okay, but you were just knocking Hakeem for not being in the same time as Shaq, and they're no, it's, it's not so peaks, much that it's just like, know? like, not, not knocking Hakeem so I, much as saying, like, no, for what sure. would it look like had they both been at the best. For sure. No, for sure. But I just think it's like I've kind of come to the realization it's like you have to I mean you can't there's nothing you can do by like you have to you play the teams you play. You know, you have to beat the teams that are in front of you. You know, and for Hakeem it wasn't the 90s Bulls and you know that's unfortunate. That would have been a great matchup to see. Like I would have loved to see that. For the record and and I'm by myself on this because dude we're from Chicago, like let's let let's stop pretending like people around here are objective about it. When you ask people, they think they go two and zero, like the Bulls. Meaning, like all oh, around here, oh, we would have beat them both years. We would have won eight in a row. At some point, we would have, I think, would have taken a loss because we needed Horace Grant. I think it, it's such an important thing to like to point out. Like Horace Grant was such a big piece of that team. And actually putting him putting sure. him on the other side, they eliminated them. By the way, like Michael Jordan did play in, in um, he was technically off for two years, but he was really off for just a year. He played in '95, and they lost to right. Shaq and Horace Grant. And so, like Horace Grant was a big deal, and I think losing him might have been kind of the the thing that would have helped Houston in '95. So I think it actually would have taken one. I think it would they would have split. It would have been one to one, so Hakeem would still hold one ring. You're wrong, but I mean, no. <laughs> what, 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 so like, it, it is interesting. What, no, for sure. What, one and I one, think, two, I, no, I one think, two. No, if you're, I mean, if I'm a betting man, I would say, you know, just based off odds, I would say, yeah, you can, you can. There's nothing wrong with playing that fifty-fifty, you know, one and one, because it's like, yeah, I mean. Who's to say what could have happened? You know, the I would agree. Horace Grant was a huge piece for them to lose, and it wasn't, it wasn't until Rodman against, that they started to win again. Really, big thing. Yeah, 
Because, like, on that roster without Horace Grant, like, who on that roster could have slowed down Hakeem in the finals? Yeah. You know, like, I, I couldn't, I can't disagree. And I wouldn't be, I, if someone said, oh, the Rockets would have won both series, like, both rings still, I can't say, I can't completely 100% believe, no, that's not the case, and believe the Bulls would have won that series. Because it could very well so happen. You know, you just never know. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, We're dealing with, like, what is and maybes. and yeah, it's, it's always tough to dwell on that because we'll never know. For sure. Absolutely. But, yeah, I just wanted to I – was, I was surprised by Hakeem's placement because I personally would have him ahead of Bill and even Larry. But, I mean, and Kobe. But – you know, that's just me, and I'm not gonna get into Kobe. We'll never leave. That'd be another. <laughs> Absolutely. So, but again, man, thanks, thanks for joining. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for being up for the task, but being up for the challenge. Um, I really hope to have you on future episodes. This has been great. Um. And again, hey, man, thank you for it, having me and uh, hope you enjoyed it and hope your fans enjoyed it too. Absolutely, man. So thanks again, guys, for listening. That was my my friend Chris there. Um, and uh, this won't be – this was the first time you guys heard from him, but it won't be the last. I guarantee it. But we wanted to hear me more than you later, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That is it for this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure to comment, like, and subscribe on wherever you're listening from. Please go follow on TikTok and Instagram at Around the NBA, which is all one word, underscore podcast. You can leave your questions and topic ideas there, and they may end up on the show. Thanks again, and I'll see you guys next week.